What it do, what it do, what it do. Happy Friday. It is I, as you know, Prince Ayla Wall. Um, I go by many names. I wear many hats. This is another episode of Full Court Press, season three, episode four. Yes, episode four. You see, consistency is good for us. I am joined here by my guys, Pierre and Brian. How are you guys doing today? Fantastic. And I'm always pumped to do Full Court Press with Pierre, I'll be honest. Hey, I'm always excited. Yeah. There we go. So, gentlemen, let's jump right into it. We had a, a interesting game on Wednesday. We had several interesting games, but the game we're going to highlight is the Hornets versus the Celtics. Charlotte came into town. There was no Marcus Smart or Time Lord, but that is no excuse. Look, as as a Celtics fan, and, and Brian, I'm sure you share my sentiments. I was. I wasn't as excited when I found out that Marcus and Timler wouldn't play, but you know, still, we we got more than enough firepower to get it done, especially against a young, exciting team like uh, the Hornets. And I'm gonna be real with you. As I said in the chat, I was in there. I was like, all right, let me start watching this game. Then at some point, I was like, man, I'm tired. I'm tired. So <laughs> I. I laid my head down. I just closed my eyes for five seconds. At that point, we we're up six. I opened my eyes again. We were down six, and it was halftime. I was like, all right, I don't know what happened. That first quarter went by quick. I remember watching that. All right, let me let me close my eyes again for five seconds. My eyes open. We're down 12. It's the fourth quarter. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> all right, guys, <laughs> this is what y'all doing to me at this point. Jason Tatum was like 0 for 99 from nice. three-pointer. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, who I am not the biggest fan of at this moment, he was the only one hitting threes. He was five of seven at some point uh, in threes. Everybody else was cold. But, look, I know we didn't have our defensive stalwarts and smart and time lord, but still, that we had a terrible shooting performance, and that just can't happen, especially against a team like Charlotte again. LaMelo Ball got his fourth triple-double of his career, and uh, Miles Bridges was cooking. It just – it was it – was Hold harsh. on. You, you miss one name. I don't want to label him a Celtic killer, but every time he plays, y'all, Rozier. Terry Rozier, listen, I, I, I miss Terry Rozier. I would have been more than happy to give him a three-year 50 million. I was – Abe remembers. I was ready to give him three 50 million to stay in Boston, the guard of the future when Kyrie left. Yeah. And Lord. Danny Ainge should have listened to me. Look, <laughs> I don't know. Well, look where he's he at now. That money. He's having fun, but it's not like they, they were in playoff talks like that. Um, that I might even go on the front. I didn't think LaMelo and Rozier could coexist. I, I, I just didn't I, I see do remember. I do remember people uh, offering that criticism. I didn't, I didn't I was see skeptical. it. But like you said, he's having fun out there. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing that they even noted during the game is like when you watch Charlotte play, they have fun. They all look right. like they're enjoying basketball, and that's super important. So, Pierre, share, what were your thoughts watching this game? From the Celtics standpoint, Grant Williams, I'm disappointed. Take five shots and only make two of them. Having six points, you need they need more from you. Um, Al Horford, oh, my gosh. I don't know if he turned back the clock or what. Just some of the things he was doing this game and previous games, I'm, I'm shocked to see. Because, you know, what, he's 34, 35? Yeah. And he, he wow. I mean. The lineup that you guys run with him and Time Lord, I'm like, oh, where's the spacing? But if Horford can continue to do what he do, 
it's going to work out. Just to uh, mirror his point there, I mean, Al Horford's ability to shoot the three, it wasn't always there. Right. But that right. extended his career. Honestly, I love Al Horford 2.0 more than Al Horford 1.0. And even as like a college basketball like super fan, watching him back yeah. in the day in Florida with Joe Kim Noah, and I feel like that's the reason he's comfortable playing with another big because he always did. Yeah, I mean, man, it's crazy. Yeah. But I like the Ennis, Ennis, I'm sorry, the Ennis Freedom lineup too. And they play Ennis in the bo- in the paint all by himself. And they I just am play. not calling him Ennis Freedom. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> Look, his mama calls him Ennis Cantor. I'm going to call him Ennis Cantor. And oh, I, I, I'm tired of him on the squad. It's funny because they changed, they changed his name on 2K. Yeah. On his jersey, it says Freedom, but they still call him Cantor. So, <laughs> so if they still call him Cantor. Damn it, I'm going to call him Kansas. <laughs> See, there we go. There we go. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just, I don't I don't want to spend this time dissecting the Celtics. No, you know, let's not, let's yeah, not give yeah. him the spot. But from a Charlotte point of view, though, I will say from a Charlotte point of view, like the Rozier and Mellow Ball combo, how many guard combos have we seen quite this, like, entertaining? I mean, I, I can think of maybe two off the top of my head throwbacks. Like a, a France and Mobley backcourt. I mean, that's the closest those two remind me of, honestly. Well, like the two Davises back in the day in Charlotte, Ricky and Barron. Granted, um, not a lot of those teams had a lot of success long term, but they were fun teams to watch. Don't get me wrong. I think with Charlotte, they got to figure out how to get James Boknight minutes. Um, as a New England uh, hardcore, Jake, James Boknight knows how to score the basketball. And I don't care if they have to put him as a small ball three at six, four and a half, six, five. I don't care what the hell he is. They need to put, they need to find a way to get him on the court. Um, but otherwise, I mean, Charlotte's rolling right now. Sometimes they just gotta, they just gotta get that game to game consistency, but offensively, they got to figure it out. Defensively, they still worry me a lot, but that happens when you have a plumbly at the five. So, I mean, that's just how it is. That dude's horrible. Why do they still have him? Look, because he was, he was he was doing okay against us. I'll tell you that. They right traded now. Zeller for him. They need serviceable five, not a Plumley. Biombo needed. I don't even know. Like Biombo, I sometimes he just be running around. I'm sad that Wendell Carter didn't end up in Charlotte. By the way, I think Wendell Carter would have had the year he's had in Orlando consistently. Yeah. The way he would fit there. Another yeah, guy it'd too. Fun. It'd be fun if yeah. uh, Lamelo, like Scary Terry, and Wendell. Yeah. They're this close to being in contention. Not one through five, mm-hmm. but like play-in type contention. Yeah. yeah. But that that they're big. It scares me. I mean, it's not it's like they yeah. play in bridges at the four. It's not like they right. have it's not like Minnesota where they have Jared Vanderbilt, where that guy's a brute. You know what I mean? Like nobody's fucking with that guy. But right. like Bridges, I mean, Bridges is such a player that you want to get him opportunities to isolate and, and be a skill player and not have yeah. to do all the dirty work because Plumlee, I mean, Plumlee is a good rebounder, but like Ennis Cantor, not a good defender whatsoever. And is a big mm-hmm. liability, but this is a team that also paid Marvin Williams like 12 years and they didn't really, <laughs> but people forget how good Marvin Williams was as an interior defender for sure. Yeah, they put him on every big they played. They put him on every single night. So I Dang, mean, that's bad. They missed it that. Michael Kidd, Gilchrist days too. Lord have mercy. Yep. He's another guy. He's another guy that, that defended well because they're like the opposite of the Kemba team. See, if they mm-hmm. just like balanced it out, they could have had good success the whole time, man. I'm just right. Charlotte and correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't Miles Bridges averaging like 20 points per game right now? Close to it. Or so, yeah. yeah. It's like 18.5 or something. Honestly, yeah. if a most improved player, he's got to be in the conversation. 
that's that's what people are saying. It's like, all right, when you look at the the favorites for most approved player, you have John Morant, who Easily. is in that conversation for MIP. Even Bain, even MVP. Bain too. Bain, who's averaging like seventeen, and then you have Bridges, who's averaging about twenty. You know, and Demar Derozan. From Demar Derozan actually... qualify for that category because of Charlotte. I mean, in San Antonio, he looked like he disappeared. So I want to yeah, qualify him. He for should. That he he should. Yeah, I mean, they qualify he Chris MVP. Paul. Yeah. But it's also like he's just going back to what he he used to do in Toronto, right? But I guess but he shouldn't. Have, but he shouldn't have stopped doing it. That's right. the problem. Yeah, like Horford when he when he came back to Boston, you know. I mean, like yeah. everyone, all Celtics fans, okay, Horford's gonna pick up where he left off. Everyone thought we were naive. No, it really did. He really some yeah. guys just hit a like Aldridge in Brooklyn. Sometimes you yeah. just find a good place, you find a good role, you do all the things you're comfortable with, and it just works. I mean. Peyton Pritchard in Boston is doing a lot of the same things he did at Oregon. Oh, I mean, I'll tell you that right now. So, yeah, uh, I, need, I need him to get more burn and just to be consistent with his shots because uh, Peyton, Peyton is or Peyton, my fault. I need Peyton Aaron Naismith on the court too because you know what? Yeah, his energy is good. His energy is really good. That being said, uh, how how are we feeling? You know what? Let's just jump to another game. We got two more games. Yeah. So you know what? Let's talk about one. Let's talk about the. 76ers game against Orlando. Now, mind you, I remember when we were in the chat, I believe Osan or someone dropped that. Uh, Mo Bamba had dropped what? He was he was hitting, scoring buckets, right? And I'm like, where, who he playing? 28 and a quarter. Yeah, he dropped 20 in the quarter. I'm like, oh, actually, I didn't ask who he playing. I'm like, damn, Mo Bamba, okay, he, he eating. And then I heard on the flip side, Joel Embiid is out there cooking. Joel Embiid was putting put up 50, and I'm like, who he playing? He's like, oh, he playing the Magic. I'm like, oh, damn, Bamba. Not you dropping 20 in the quarter, then Embiid out here making it look easy. And then you guys remember when we talked about MVP talks? I had put um, Joker above Embiid for the sole reason that Joker is more of a complete player. Wow. And I said this. I said this. Embiid is my favorite big man. Embiid has the cars best. Don't towns. You, you cap it now. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't hey, do that. I had MV- I beat as my MVP pick, so I'm just don't like sipping my tea right now. That's it. Don't don't do that. Don't don't put count. But if just what he went through to get here, with with the with the broken foot and everything, everything, and now he's here, and he like he this is the best he's looked. Man, I'm watching highlights because that was my birthday yesterday or Wednesday, and I wasn't really paying attention to the game, but just looking at what I've seen, he was getting buckets from all over the floor, y'all. He was. I just felt bad for Robin Lopez because he couldn't do nothing. He Man, couldn't. If you expect you know, Robin just, Lopez to do something against Embiid, you already lost. You feel me? I'm you're just like, lost. my God. And then it was like you guys said, what, 28 minutes? Well, in terms Man. of uh, Embiid, he dropped. He dropped his 50 in like 27, 28 minutes. Yes. Oh yeah. He checked yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, like, yeah. there's nothing else for me to do. I could take the night off. My team got the rest of this. Ben Simmons. Yeah. Um, Ooh, I, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Yeah, we we're, we're gonna get back to Ben Simmons for sure. We're gonna we're gonna talk more about that. But sidebars in this game, though, Abraham, is that uh, yeah. Jalen Suggs, Jalen Suggs. I mean, uh, minus eighteen, but I mean, still almost put up a triple double. Yeah. Um, I still don't know what to think of Cole Anthony, despite the fact I like his game, but I don't know what his future holds. Kind of. I don't think me... it's in Orlando. No, but I don't. I don't know exactly like what his role is. Like, I mean. I could see him as a six man, but I don't know like how many teams would be willing to let him just. It, he he's almost like a point guard version of Kelly Oubre. Like you know he's good, but like the dude sometimes just takes way too many shots. 
that are just like questionable. Let's be real. Um, yeah. uh, these these we have talented players in Orlando. They're they're all being wasted. All right, they're all being wasted. That's this yeah, team, Orlando. Ross. Yeah. Orlando just needs to start selling their players off because give them opportunities elsewhere. <laughs> Honestly. I mean, Honestly. Gary Harris. When, when when does Gary Harris only put up five points, a rebound, and two assists? I mean, I, I know Gary Harris has suffered through some ordeals, like injury-wise, but this Gary Harris does not – this guy looks like Michael Red by, like, 2007 at this point. Like, this is Oof. depressing. That backcourt is credited. I mean, crowded, excuse me. Yeah. I mean, especially RJ Hampton. Like, he deserves to yeah, play exactly. more than 12 minutes a night. Exactly. Admiral Schofield should be playing more than four minutes a night. Like, the, Orlando confuses me, but at the same time, like, I, I can understand why they don't want to give up on Bamba. I can understand how hard it would be to trade Gary Harris. And Robin Lopez is kind of like the veteran presence in that locker room. And Terrence Ross has been there a while, too. They want to have some continuity. Yeah, I agree. But, I mean, they have some continuity there. But, like, I don't know who would really go. I could see Terrence Ross being someone that could easily be tradable in a heartbeat. I could, yep. that's, that's not hard. Robin Lopez. Is. Robin Lopez too, but Gary Harris's contract is not desirable. Yeah, the problem is, what is what is the direction? Where, where is Orlando trying to go? There is no, no direction. I mean, <laughs> I'll be honest, they have Suggs and they have Wagner and maybe Mo Bamba's turned a corner in the last couple. And then, and then obviously Wendell Carter's good too. So they Isaac's, have other pieces. When you get back. That's true too. They have, they have a, a really wide team. They were really trying to be Milwaukee. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. with the big tall lineup. And I don't know. I mean, they well, need it's a like coach. you said, the continuity is there. But you know all what? good, all continuity ain't good. They need a coach that's going to organize those guys. Why don't they just drive to Tallahassee, go take Leonard Hamilton, because he'll organize those guys. Oh get them to God. play defense. And you know what? It may only be a three-year thing. You only need him for three years. You know what I mean? And then have like a high-paid assistant to kind of learn under him and take over the team after that. It works so you don't nicely. Think, you don't think Jamal Mosley's ready? I mean, I just feel like as if you want this team to turn a corner, Right. And I think they have enough talent to do it. Right. Like in the next year, after, after this offseason, you have to give them a whole offseason, not a okay. midseason mid thing. But like if you were to hire, go to the draft, figure out what you're going to do, bring in like some one year prove it guys to kind of fill out that squad and then go for it. Yeah. I mean, it's not like Orlando hasn't come out of nowhere before and had playoff runs. They're, that's kind of their franchise's history. And I mean, as I said before, like you're eight and 38. It can't get much worse. Jeez. Eight I mean, and 38. That being said, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up um, before. Fair. Mm-hmm. It was your birthday on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. It was your birthday on Wednesday. Oh, so, year. Yeah. So, so let's say, oh, dang. Pippin. Let's say happy what? birthday to you, first and foremost. But thank even you. more so, your team, the Rockets, decided to show out for you. They, yo, they gave you a nice present. So speak on just, it. Speak on it. It's just, this is two games in a row, yo. I am. Actually, the past three, excuse me, we beat Denver, we beat Sacramento, and we beat, wait, did we beat Denver? I'm so happy, I don't even remember. But just the <laughs> past couple games that we've been playing is is what I love to see. I don't care if we lose, because I know I know the goal, I know the objective, you know what I mean? We probably won't win more than 20 games, 25 games. But Kevin Porter Jr., this is the Kevin Porter Jr. I want to see. He turned off social media. I want to talk about the unsung hero. And everybody always laughs at me when I say, this is my favorite Houston Rocket, other than P.J. Tucker, who's no longer a Rocket. Eric Gordon is has been a bright star. I was about to mention him, too, if you didn't. But one thing I applaud about Eric Gordon is he shows up every day. 
He doesn't complain. Well, he complains when he gets fouled and he doesn't get a call. But who, who wouldn't? <laughs> right. But man, I yes, a I, when we when I see, I say, oh damn, we gotta play Utah. Ooh, I'm like, yeah, this this might be a blowout. But no, they they surprised me. We got a back to back. Um, we'll speak on that, I guess, on the next episode. But yeah, man, I know we're 14 and 32 right now, but that out of those 14 wins, at least I'm excited about 12 of them. Like you were saying, Brian, in terms of coaching, dumbfounded by Steven Silas for a minute because I'm like, mm, I don't think he's ready. But he was thrown into the reins with nobody. This whole down wall situation, I, I don't know where it's going just yet, but. We just have to stay the course. And everybody, oh, tank, tank. No, I don't want them to tank. I just want these young guys to come out here and play hard. We haven't talked about rookies yet, but I will not talk about Jalen Green. Because some days he looks amazing. Other days he's just running up and down the court and taking whatever shot he feels is good and it's not. But, yeah, man, I, I am very yeah. happy right now. I mean, I will say I got to give Garrison Matthews a shout out. Yes. That dude bald. Uh, giving me, like, you know, it's it's always, like, the the late round undrafted pick point guard that always comes out of like whatever the hell it is and he's he's nice and steady uh that's a good way to go as well eric gordon deserves it because you know what his trade stock is looking pretty nice the rockets all time high the rockets can literally ask for like an unprotected first round pick for eric gordon because that's what i would do yeah um Still watching Kenyon Martin Jr. is weird to me because, like, I I remember Kenyon Martin playing not too long ago, and I'm still a little dumbfounded by that. Um, Deshaun Tate, again, uh, you know, I just want to give Deshaun Tate a, a shout-out for holding my fantasy team down <laughs> as a waiver wire pick every once in a while. So, uh, I mean, the Rockets have nice pe- – I like the Rockets. Uh, Sengen uh, didn't have a big game necessarily, but he I've, se- I've seen him play a couple times, and he's had some big games. Yeah, so to stay out of foul trouble. And Christian Wood, I mean, this dude is going to be in the NBA for another like 10, 15 years because a lot, a lot of the stuff he does is going to translate and age well. We, are, we were just talking about bigs that were aging well, like Al Horford. He, Wood has that right. kind of ability because everything he does off the ball is so valuable. Yeah. I mean, Robert, Robert Williams is another one, too. I mean, again, both of them are late bloomers, ironically, in, in a way. So well, can not can Robert Williams teach Christian Wood how to play defense? That would be great. I mean, if Christian Wood thinks that, you know, block, <laughs> blocking shots from 15 feet from the basket is defense, I mean, I can't really help you. No. Nah. I mean, better than, better than uh, what's that dude from Brooklyn? Now, Abe, what's that dude from Brooklyn we were talking about last episode? Uh, oh, Sharp. Uh, yeah, that dude yeah. literally follows everybody on every single, like, uh, that, that's another dude where if he wants how to play defense, he's like, All his comments regarding him was hilarious. <laughs> he was like, hey, you know, I'm trying to give him some pointers, but like, uh, you know, he, just he just be doing his thing out there. He just be just be going, you know. But hey, at least he plays with high energy. Um, exactly. Said, you want yeah. Exactly. That being said, there was a few things I did want to um also highlight about Wednesday. These refs. There was uh one in the Miami game. Jimmy Butler, he he got teed up. Said some things to the ref. He turned around and was walking away. And you know he, he was still he was still mounting, but it was like five seconds, and then he got teed up again and ejected. And it's just like, oh, I mean, you know, he was walking away, even if he was saying some things. It's just it, it was too quick to get teed up twice like <laughs> that. And then we had the uh, Minnesota game. Anthony Edwards went up for a layup. 
felt he missed, felt he got fouled. He yelled at the ref and uh, got a little excited. He already got a tee earlier. Mansour walked away. He got teed up too. And then it just, he got ejected. So it's just like, these refs are getting a little too sensitive for me. You know, yeah. just, they're getting too happy, on the, at least on Wednesday. At least on Wednesday, it was kind of ridiculous. It's just, come on now. The rest can be Maybe the league sent out a memo they didn't like. Maybe a bonus wasn't paid. I don't know what happened, but, you know. They was I'm being just, petty. I'm, just, I'm speculating. But I, I'll be honest here. Um, Jimmy Butler's ejection was pure comedy. Um, I, I, I recommend anybody just watch the video. <laughs> just watch it. Jimmy Butler's like, <laughs> like that mean face. Like that, that He kind of looked like that, too. Yeah, it was just something. Especially and Anthony since... Simmons. By the way, Anthony Simmons is for real. Okay. Portland should just press the reboot button. Finally. Just that's the only sidebar in the Portland game I want to mention. No, I'll tell you. I'll tell oh, you. man. You hate to see it. You I mean, there's the thing, though. Building with uh, Anthony Simmons. Hopefully, Nozzle can actually, like, learn how to be, cons- you know, play a full 30 minutes every night. Pretty freaking quality. Right. But the effort's not always there. The talent's there. But again, I think if, if Portland's going to rebuild, I mean, Anthony's got the right mentality. I mean, being mentored by Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, and he kind of has a little bit of both of them in, in his little bit of his repertoire. So, I mean, that's a good way to go. And I think for McCollum, you could trade him this deadline, and Lillard, you can move him in the summer if you really need to. Because Lillard, the Supermax, is bad business for Portland. I'm not, I understand, like, the sentimental feeling towards it, but, like, it's like Russell Westbrook contract right now. I'm telling you. I didn't think we were going to mention Westbrook today. But, okay. <laughs> look, look, I don't want people thinking that we're Laker bashers here, but, hey. It was just, hey. A, it was just a coincidental transition. Yo, I just got to say one thing. When Game's I worthy, seen, though. When yeah. I seen Frank Bogle bench him, I was upon. That's all I got to say. I, I don't know what more needs to be said. I, I don't get it. LeBron uh, made a promise. I mean, his hair is going to fall out even more once he this promise don't fall through. Ooh, I don't know, man. I don't know. The Lakers are screwed. They need a miracle. <laughs> Wait, like, that, they're George Bailey. Is? Like, the Lakers know. are George Bailey right now. And, <laughs> and, and I don't know. LeBron, oh, LeBron needs a miracle. Oh, I don't know about this squad, but, hey. That being said, that being said, we'll move on, we'll move on. But um, let's let's talk about playoffs and and teams. Playoffs? Yeah, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about the playoffs a little bit before the All Star break. My team ain't even contending. You no. <laughs> Look, the way my team is playing, I don't even know if we'll contend. Man, y'all gonna be there, y'all. One Boston's, game playoff. Boston finds a way. If we don't get it together, we're gonna be in that playing tournament. But as we mm-hmm. as we look at the standings right now, what are what are some teams that we see that are in between that one to ten stage that we feel will fall out? And what are some teams who are Cleveland, you know, creeping around that ten stage who we believe will come back in? I'm a, I have oh, a soft spot for Cleveland. Oh, is I, as in I, Cleveland I is in, staying or going? I, I believe Cleveland's gonna stay in that top stage really? for the rest of the seat. I do. I don't think they're going to have a good, successful playoff run, but I think they're built for a regular season success. And even if they're missing, like, a few other pieces wow. here, they're already playing without Sexton, and they look way better without – and that's not to say Sexton's bad player because that's the furthest thing from the truth. But I don't think Sexton and Garland work, and I think with Garland taking over the whole show, no, basically. absolutely not. And Garland's better as the whole guy anyway. 
I mean, that's just how it is. He's he, he's in, in Vanderbilt, very limited action. He only played nine games of full to Kyrie. He played nine games of Vanderbilt, but he had the whole offense in his in his gas. And keep in mind, Vanderbilt was six and three, playing a really tough non conference schedule that year. Now, the, how that transitions to Cleveland is because he doesn't have Sexton waiting for having him dribble, dribble, dribble like Schroeder, dribble, 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 take bad shots. You know, it puts Cleveland in a better <laughs> position because you have Josh Acaro, you have C.D. Usman, you have Kevin Love. Spot, you know, guys who can put the ball in the basket from distance. And then you have Evan Mobley, who's just one of the most talented young bigs that I've seen come out of college basketball in a long ass time. Like, I think I would take Mobley right now over Towns when he got drafted. Like, that's the that's the the trajectory he's going right now. And I think Mobley actually is a little tougher than Towns. I think he can handle the dirty work. A lot of people are more tougher than Towns. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Mobley carried an average USC team to the NCAA tournament. And actually they were ranked in the top 10 and that's a U.S. And I'm, I know USC fans may not like the way I say I'm a little harsh, but like, we sure that was, don't. A, that no, was an average, know. that was an average USC. No, I was. You're right. Yeah. And, and, and that's right. fine. I mean, they, they went as far as they could, yeah. but at the same time, let, let's just transition to that. But Cleveland is the team I believe in Washington. I don't have any faith in, I think they're going to completely bottom out in the second half of the season. Um, which is only going to speculate more Bradley Beal talk. Toronto, I think Toronto's going to completely slide out unless they figure out like a, a quick fix. I want to trust Philly as long as Embiid's rolling, but like that's yeah. a team I'm a little nervous about. In Miami, they're one major injury away from being right back down. Like if Bam comes back and they lose Lowry or Butler for an extended period of time again, they're screwed. That's the only thing with Miami. Like I'm not worried about them regular season wise, but like in the playoffs, like a seven or an eight seed would have a good chance beating them. And even the Bulls, like the Bulls are probably going to fall to a three or a four by the time they get everybody back too, which isn't a bad thing. But like, it's just, it's just a shame because like, again, you lose Lonzo, you had DeRozan out for a, a, a small bit. You lose Patrick Williams first game of the season, which I had so much, I had so much like, you know, faith in Patrick Williams uh, being like that lead defender, like kind of like Jalen Brown year two, like being able to like take that transition. But again, I think, I think the East is pretty much going to be where it is unless Boston and Toronto, you know, turn into what they've been the last couple of years, which is a well-oiled machine that can, you know, handle long stretches because they have some guys that have been through it already. But I mean, the Knicks are another team. I think that can rise. Okay. I think the, I think yeah, that I, our, I see the Knicks rising. the energy okay. they're starting to play with. I think they're a team that's going to sneak up, but I mean, Cleveland's tough. I, I, I just like, I just like how they're playing right now. Yeah. Cause I was going to say, Pierre, if you have, Cleveland uh, coming sliding out because they're currently six right now. If you have them sliding mm-hmm. out, who would you have sliding in? But then you mentioned the Knicks. Okay, yeah. I, man, if the if the Cavs were to slide that far, uh, I'm gonna be surprised. Especially since right now Celtics and Toronto are nine and ten respectively. Um, but I, see, I and, the, and five games back, considerably. Being being nine and ten and playing in Cleveland, you can beat them. If Cleveland is seven or eight, like playing wise, I would not put my money on Cleveland to beat a Boston. I mean, I think the bottom, I mean, I think it's safe to say, guys, the bottom four in the East are pretty much set, right? Orlando, yeah. Detroit, Indiana, Atlanta. They're not moving. Oh, anywhere. yeah. Yeah. Starts yeah. for I Indiana, mean, but yeah. <laughs> out of the rest Especially of the 11 teams, Indiana might be most likely will be sellers. Like, I think they Toronto. Have to. Like, I think Toronto is going to be the team that slides out of the playoffs. Actually, it's going to be Toronto or Washington, in my opinion, that completely slide out. I think Charlotte will probably stay where they're at. 
Boston's going to probably hang around that nine or ten spot the rest of the year, which is going to disgust me. But I mean, and then, but I mean, the Knicks, if, if they have enough firepower to make another trade, mm-hmm. because I mean, they got they got Cameron Reddish for forty cents on the dollar. Like, man. I, I mean, like, I don't I don't understand Atlanta's thought process to that trade, but I mean, it is what it is. I'll say this: I think Cleveland stays in in playoff picture, but I think I do agree that. Um, with some of the sentiments shared that the Wizards will fall out and the Knicks will rise up. That's 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 what I'll say in regards to the East. But when we go to the West, right now, Suns, Warriors, Grizzlies, Jazz, Mavericks, Nuggets, Timberwolves, Lakers, Clippers, Trailblazers. Yeah, there's like a four-way, two-and-a-half game drip between six and nine. And then there's yeah. like... And there's like Pretty much everybody else has a chance for the ten seed. So, yeah. I mean, even the Houston Rockets can make the playoffs. Peter. I know they say, <laughs> man, they say we were five games back of the play, and I say what? I mean, yeah. here's the thing for Houston. <laughs> oh, actually, goodness. for just for Pierre's sake, we have him on the show today. Let's make it a Houston Rockets playoff scenario here, because this will kind of explain the rest of the West anyway. You know, OKC is going to make zero effort to make the playoffs. Yeah. You know, New Orleans has zero talent to make the playoffs. The Spurs are just an unorganized mess. They need to figure out what to do with those guards. And the Kings are already talking about, I mean, unless they get Ben Simmons for real, for real, they're not going to progress any more than 11 or 10 anyway. So, I mean, pretty in Portland, if they if they decide to blow it up or just sit everybody out for the rest of the year, which Bryson said a couple of weeks ago before it actually the announcement happened. So I got to give him a credit for that. He had good, uh, he was reading good information there. But um, for Portland, and if the Clippers decide to just sit Kawhi and Paul George for the rest of the year, and if the Lakers decide, if LeBron just decides to do what he did a couple of years ago, Houston might have a good fast track. I mean, they only have to make up three and a half games, really. But as a young team, if you can make a play in, that's that does so much for your confidence. That's the especially for someone like Jalen Green. I think right. Kevin Port, those guys would live for that. And even if they get blown out, I mean, you still know the energy is there, right? And you know Christian Wood can match up against any big. If you really need to, I mean, at least a body. <laughs> You're not going to be able to defend anybody, but at least it's a See, body. Me, I'm going to be. I say go for it. Right? Like I said, Rockets. I mean, you keep Eric Gordon, Rock. but yeah. keep an Eric Gordon till the draft. Look, I think I'm sorry, Pierre. I know it was your birthday <laughs> and whatnot. I'm not entertaining the idea of the Rockets all of a sudden shooting up to at least right. get it to the play. No, on a serious note. A lot of things, a lot of wild things have to happen. <laughs> Not you beat bugging me. A lot of things have to happen. It's only it's only really four it's only really four games. Hearing I mean, yeah, but And they won two in a row. So they're on a little bit of a nice little upswing here. Man. But, but I, I like Houston Clippers. more than I like OKC, New Orleans, and San Antonio. So I mean that that helps. That puts them at twelve. Yeah. Hypothetically yeah. speaking. I don't know. San Antonio, I, I don't know. It's depending on that this is why the trade deadline is going to be so crucial to see what most teams make because of how how much opportunity that these teams have to still make it. Example, we talk about the Clippers. They're currently ninth. But if they sit PG and Kawhi, who are rumored to miss the whole season anyway, and then they and trade sellers. Morris. Right, yeah. and they trade Morris, and they can pretty much get some of their draft capital back that they gave away for so Paul they George. So sellers, they drop out. Okay, you have a team like, and it's just like these these teams that are behind them. You know, Portland at ten, Kings at well, eleven, Spurs easier at to think. twelve. The Spurs yeah. are easier to think. Yeah, but it's just like, yo, it sounds what, crazy. What, yeah, what direction do they want to go in? Like, do they? No, they want got to their guy. I, I think they, they have their backcourt. 
And I mean, Shashante is good enough at, at the three. Houston is a prime free agent destination. Tax-free state in Houston, Texas. Yep. Houston's a desirable place to be. The it weather, is, the weather is, is, is there. They've had stars in the past, and all those stars have been more than welcomed by Houston Rockets. Houston Rockets fans are some of the best fans in the NBA, Amen. first of all. And I'm not just saying this because Pierre's on the episode, but like, <laughs> I have genuine, I have friends who are genuine, I grew up with friends who actually genuinely rooted for the Rockets because of Tracy McGrady and Steve Francis. And yeah. it's just like, they always have stars. You keep them alive you want to. They just know how to treat their stars. Except for that last year with the team. That was, that was wrong. That's different. Um, if the Lakers don't I have the playoffs and the Celtics the Lakers, do, the Lakers are screwed right now. I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear nothing. I don't want to hear nothing. <laughs> if the Celtics Man, manage to, to, I... to do something and the Lakers to sound like, hey, we sit, we, we tapping out because it's, I just can't fathom that, you know? I don't know. I, I just I'm to the point now where ooh, I, I don't know. I'm speechless, bro. I'm not a Laker fan, but it just sucks to see. Well, yeah, it sucks to see. Well, I, I mean, mean it's like we it's like I said last episode with Jabari. Like the Lakers are in a really tough spot as a franchise because like they, they committed are. all this to LeBron. They have yeah. this uh, albatross of a contract. They always seem to have one bad contract, no matter what. Yeah. And then they have to trade Russell with Mozgov to get off that contract, which ultimately just was a horrible, like, I, I can't even fathom how bad a business move that is. And then on, on the retrospect, you still have an ownership group that's not even in the top 20 richest ownerships in the NBA, and you're in a city in L.A. Because they the broke, team, y'all. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, Clippers got, you know, uh, uh, Donald Sterling out of there, and they got a man who actually is committed to a winning franchise. It's wonderful. Um, but like again, I mean, the Lakers just—I I think for the Lakers, they just need. We have we had we looked back on the on the youth that the Lakers had in the last episode, so we won't dwell too much more. But like, they really, really bottled the bag. I'm just mm-hmm. I'm just putting it out there. Like they really had everything they needed. They did. And they got greedy, and they got greedy because, like I have, I have, like I say with the Boston Red Sox, they got greedy because they went after the biggest, most shiny object. And they saw all those jersey sales and ticket sales because that's where the ownership makes the more money on, more so than the play on the court. And, yeah, I mean, it helped the Lakers financially, especially through COVID. I mean, imagine if, like, LeBron wasn't on the Lakers. That would have been rough for that ownership group. But, like, hell yeah. <laughs> but on the retrospect of that, like, they're screwed. Like, there's no direction with this team because unless Kendrick Nunn comes back and turns into, like, you know, another player that we've never seen before, what is he going to do that's different than what the guys on that team do? And I like none, but like he's only a slightly better Malik Monk as of right now, which that doesn't really help the Lakers at all. So the best thing they can do is just, as I said before, hope for a miracle and hope Philly takes Russell Westbrook off the hand. Well, for I don't Vincent? even, I mean, that's what they'd have to do. I mean, if Philly wants to get off that Tobias Harris contract that badly, Philly, you know what? 11. Westbrook and Philly might work because he, he, you but still, does Daryl Morey want to put his job on trading for Westbrook a second? Uh, uh, yeah, that's yeah. When he has that's James Harden, that can probably come in this offseason in a sign and trade, where Ben Simmons in a three-team sign and trade does hold more value than he does right now. Exactly. That's the scary part. That sucks. But like, it's best for business if both sides work out a Ben Simmons trade because the pieces Houston have, they could trade for Simmons and not really miss a beat because some of those other guys on the bench are pretty good and deserve to play. Amen. Like, even if they moved the Tate or Christopher and Ascendian for Simmons with whatever graphics that they built, that changes the entire narrative. And then Houston can trade Simmons again if they really still want to build around Porter and Green. So, I mean, 
it's not yeah. far-fetched to think about, but it's just like there's so much mess in the Western Conference. Like, I mean, look at Sacramento, right? If Sacramento decides to move, there have been rumors about De'Aaron Fox. There have been rumors about not to trade De'Aaron Fox. They don't know if he's a franchise player. They don't know if they're building around him. Uh, the whole Marvin Bagley fiasco, that, that, that will dread them for years. There's just so much chaos in the Western Conference right now that, like, anybody can get in with the current format. Oh, 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 o